Welcome to the Best in Beauty podcast, where you can get inspiration and strategies to help your spa and skincare business reach new heights. I'm your host, Claudia Fabian. Let's get this beauty started. And thank you so much for joining the Best in Beauty podcast. I am so excited um, to talk with you today, just based on your amazing career in spa, working at some of the top resorts in the country, and really just leading teams into tremendous success. I, I really can't wait for people to hear from you. So welcome, Jennifer. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Claudia. I'm really excited to be here. Um, the admiration is also equal in terms of what you are doing in the community and um, with skincare over the years and beauty. It's just, it's really amazing. So yeah, for me, probably much like you, this has been a lifestyle career. And I find that most people that end up in spa, health, wellness, beauty, that it truly has to be a lifestyle career. You have to embrace it from all sides. And so I'm I'm happy to share what has been a lifelong passion for me. Yeah, well, you definitely walk the walk and talk the talk. So I know you'll have a lot to offer. Um, and I really wanted to start just by talking about a topic that I think a lot of people in management and even on the side of being actually the spa technician, retail, it seems like a dirty word. People like, oh, I don't want to retail. I don't want to sell. And it just seems it's such an integral part of service that I'm always a little surprised that it's just like, so like not welcomed and loved. (laughs) Um, What tips do you have? Like, I mean, have you, well, first of all, have you found that to be true in, in your many dealings with many different teams that you've worked with over the years? Absolutely. I think, well, because, and and it goes back to how they got, they were brought into um, the world of health, wellness, and beauty is usually because they want to be in service um, Mm -hmm. to others and they don't necessarily approach or think or recognize that you're actually in sales And um, I think that's probably my first um, thought and process of this whole um, discussion today is that, you know, the reality is the mindset has to shift to recognize that you are in sales. You are constantly selling yourself the um, services that you provide um, based on the quality of the experience that the guest has. And then the retail part of it just really becomes an extension of what you've already done to sell yourself, to get ready to be that health and wellness professional that's knowledgeable and has all this information. So it's, it's almost like um, for individuals that say, Oh, I'm not in sales. I'm not great at it. It's a bad mindset to have because you are in sales and it it starts at the very beginning. Um, And sales are a very specialized skill set. It may not come natural to a lot of the estheticians or massage therapists, again, that go to school and get their um, education to provide services. But sales is really at the fundamental core of, of what we do. And I think that it's important to remember how you have to continue to practice your skills. And so it's not just about learning how to give that great facial and those new techniques and the latest products and ingredients and everything, but how does that extend beyond that hands-on service? 
Right. And so in your experience, what are like, maybe we can start with like three things that people can implement right away, or um, whether you're an esthetician or whether you're a spa director or a, a business owner listening to this, what are your like top tips? Like how can we pick your brain and get inside there <laughs> and, and utilize all your experience and make it. Yeah. Awesome? Well, and I think, um, you know, going back to the fact that it's sales, you have to be genuine. Um, it has to be real and authentic. It's not just about closing a deal, but really aligning that guest with their, with their right product. Um, so it becomes educational. Um, and really making sure, and I know we've talked about this before, but it really is about embracing that you are the most knowledgeable person. They have come to you for your skilled labor and your um, hands-on touch and approach and what you can do for them. And it's almost like playing ball with somebody where they throw you the ball and they're like, hey, I want to I play. They throw you the ball and then you take the ball and you set it down, right? You right. don't take them all the way through the fun of the entire process and the entire journey. And I think um, a lot of times we make the decision as the service provider, as the director, sometimes we say, oh, I don't think that they can afford it. Well, you don't know what somebody can afford and you can't make that decision for them. The only thing you can do is present the opportunities and the options and they'll be the one. And if you do it again, going back to being genuine and educating the guests, they know what's best for them. They know what they can afford and they know what they need to make them feel and look good. Oh, that is such a good point. I really like the part about don't assume what somebody else can afford. I think sometimes we put ourselves in the customer's space and, you know, maybe there is a serum or a cream that is $250. And you personally may think, oh gosh, that's so expensive. You know, I don't think I could even mm-hmm. do that. And you put that mindset in place. And then you assume that other people also cannot afford. And it also, you know, you just never know what people's true desire is. I know that if, you know, I really have a skin concern that I, it's been bothering me for so long. And then there's a cream that possibly could help with that. I'm going to pay whatever it takes to get that cream so that I can resolve my issue. Right. It's really more about the value. So when we're making decisions not to educate our guest, we're deciding what's valuable in their life. It's not really the dollar amount, right? And you just said it. Mm-hmm. I would pay anything if I had a bad skin condition because I value that my skin wants, I want to look good. I want to present well. And so that value doesn't really have a exact dollar amount that we can equate back to our own, through our own lens. It has to be up to the guests to decide that. Mm-hmm. And what things, um, what kind of things do you recommend offering for your team? Like in your experience, mm. what did you do to kind of bring this mindset forward or to encourage? What were some of the things that you did? Well, or I would say it, it really has to start at the recruitment and the onboarding level. Um, the expectations like from a, a spa leader or a spa owner, the expectations for the individuals that are coming in to join your company have got to be very clear in that recruitment process and um, and really start to explore that. And now you don't have to find the, the individual that does everything right. You can help to support if if sales are not necessarily their strong suit and you discover that but they're willing to be 
that person for you, then they're going to put themselves and you're going to provide that opportunity for education and ongoing on learning the softer side of cells um, and, and how to approach and when to do it in the right time. And so, it, you know, it really, it comes down to setting that tone right from the beginning in terms of what those expectations are in the recruitment and the onboarding process, and then support it through education um, of sales. Again, it's a specialized skill. I get it. Not everybody has it right out of the gate, but you can cultivate that. And so as a technician, um, a esthetician or massage therapist, you have to recognize that you want to be constantly learning, not just the hands-on stuff, but um, how important sales skills are. Yeah. And I think that just really in, instilling the mindset that really your service is not done until a product recommendation has been made, because it really is doing the guests such a disservice if you let them walk out without completing your service by saying, hey, you know, based on what we talked about or based on what I've noticed during your treatment, I really feel that these particular products or this one product will really help you with that concern that you shared with me, right? Absolutely. And then if you've done an effective job in the treatment, they're going to pick up the hand mirror and they're going to look and they're going to see those results um, that you have provided. So it's just a matter of telling them like, this is your skin, this is what it's doing. And these are the things that are going to help support you looking your best. Mm -hmm. And I, okay, so it's, it's really just being genuine. It's, you know, really changing your mindset mm -hmm. to shift from it's not selling. It's really just educating, you know, your guest. Um, and it's really not assuming. So all that kind of wrapped up into one. But I think being genuine is great. Um, I think that is something that we all can, you know, relate to and want, you know, we all want to be genuine. I, like you said, we're in this to help people. And being genuine is, is part of what we do anyway. So I think that is really great. And then it's also in recruitment. So it's in, you know, really setting the the standards, I guess, right? Setting the the stage. Mm -hmm. This is part of a role here if you want to work with us, correct? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Because I think there's nothing worse, and I've I've done this over the years building teams and everything, is to really lay out what that work culture is going to be like in the interview process. A lot of people come into interviews and they think, oh, real, wow, I really want this job. But do they ever stop and really ask the right questions? Is this the right job or the right um, company to work for or the right person that I'm going to excel and be my best at? So if you're going in for an interview, you should be exploring that on the opposite side as well. As you're sitting across the table, yes, you're excited to get a job and you want to work with those people, but make sure it's the right one. Ask those questions. And, and, and make sure that you're connected um, from a culture standpoint. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. So important. Now, before we get into the third tip, we're going to take a little break and we're going to hear from our sponsor. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Edgeless Beauty Pro, the distributor of the best in beauty, featuring Ultraceuticals, one of Australia's leading cosmeceutical skincare brands, now available in the U.S. to licensed professionals, real skincare, real results. Do you need a way to set your spa apart? Edgeless Beauty Pro offers Observe 320 and 520X, the latest visual engagement sales tool to empower licensed estheticians to give the ultimate skin 
in consultations and increase retail and service sales by 40%. Take your treatments to new heights. Edgeless Beauty Pro also offers Altair's Diamond Tome DT2 Skin Resurfacing System for skin rejuvenation and that superior glow. All right, we're back, Jennifer. And what is your third tip for really helping to inspire and motivate your team to sell retail? What are, what are some things that you've done? Well, first of all, you have to make it fun. Um, and, and somebody, you have to make a focus of it. So somebody has to be in charge of the retail sales and, and helping the esthetician and the massage therapists understand um, where they're at in their sales goals, you know, um, setting them and, as well as guiding them through on, on whether you're doing it weekly, biweekly, or monthly basis. It has to be fun. And there's different ways that you could do it. There's different games. But I would say any resource partner would be happy to get their product in the hands of the guest after they leave the spa. So I know that a lot of product partners are willing to help support that um, and get product in, you know, the, the esthetician or the massage therapist hands. Um, and so there's fun ways that you can create incentive programs that way. And then I would say too, the other thing that I always find very, very surprising is that um, a lot of treatment providers don't understand the financial rewards of retail. There is a gap there um, because they look at, you know, whether they're hourly or, or service commission rates are at a certain rate. Retail seems so small in comparison, but there is a huge opportunity there, but not everybody really takes the time to understand if I sold $500 a week, if I sold $1,000 a week, what does that look like in the course of a month, in the course of a year? And when you start showing people those numbers and helping them to get their head around it and then breaking it down, like, okay, well, $500 a week means you have to do this on a daily basis. $1,000 a week means you have to do this on a, on a daily basis. And when they understand that, I, I truly believe that there's, you know, that monetary reward is a motivation for all of us um, and not underestimating what that is to understand how that calculates out. Yeah, um, that's such a great point. I think breaking it down into smaller increments really helps because when you have, let's say, you know, a 3000 a month retail goal, that just seems like, oh my God, $3,000, like, how am I going to do that? But if you break it down, that's, you know, maybe it equates to, you know, two serums a day, which is really not, not much. Um, and I heard mm -hmm. a really great quote. It was, um, survive on service retire on retail. Um, I think it's such <laughs> I love a great way to look at it. Like, you know, you can survive, you know, on your, you know, service um, income, but you really can retire if you really drive your retail. Like you can mm -hmm. really get to that six figure salary, or you perhaps can stow enough, enough money away just from retail to help you in your retirement months. Cause I think a lot of, of us in spa, estheticians, massage therapists, even spa directors, like, you know, retirement, like that is such, sometimes it just seems like, oh, it's so far off, never going to happen to me. I'm, I'm going to be young forever. But you don't think about how important it is to mm -hmm. stay because you can't be in the treatment room forever. 
you're you're right. It definitely has a shelf life. Nobody ever gets into their career and think, well, one day I'm going to have to figure out what's next, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Especially when we're passionate about what we do. But I would say, you know, given the physical demands of um, this type of work, massage or aesthetics and hands-on, the energy that you have to put into the work that you do, eventually it does have a a shelf life. And so I think... I love that quote that retail sales um, can be your retirement. Mm-hmm. Whatever you leave on the table, every missed sale is a missed opportunity. Um, and it's, it's leaving money on the table. And um, yeah, it is, so, no. it is. <laughs> and so what, um, what kind of um, like conversations would you have or do you have with your spa team when let's say you have somebody that really just isn't, like stepping up and really isn't maybe making the effort to, you know, get on board with this whole mindset of retail as education. Yeah. Well, um, so it, I would say you have to have the right attitude again, going back to being a genuine person. If you've got the right attitude, then I'm going to be there to support you. And I always tell my team, I'm like, you give me a hundred percent, I'm going to give you 110 back. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and I don't expect everybody to be perfect, right? You can't expect everybody to know how to do everything. So if there is a gap in where they're at from their retail sales, it's my role as the leader to help support that, to not just keep, pushing on somebody who doesn't have the skills. Mm -hmm. And I will share with you, um, my son has recently graduated from high school and he's gone into a company with sales. And I am so impressed, um, you know, on their weekly basis, how much they do together as a sales team to motivate each other, to support each other. They bring in speakers. They are constantly focused on this specialized skill And it's really um, been inspirational for me to think, wow, that is just a huge opportunity um, to to have on a regular ongoing basis as a leader, Mm -hmm. the soft sales of skill, um, Mm -hmm. soft selling skills and and supporting that because everybody's going to hear something a little bit different during a training and they're going to take one little nugget away and you never know what it's going to be that's going to be the right thing for that individual that's going to spark it and help to support that change. Yeah, that's, that is really true. And I really like your reminder that, you know, to work with your, your vendors, you know, your skincare vendors that you've partnered with, um, with skincare, because yeah, on the vendor side, we really do want everyone to excel and we are happy to, you know, provide, um, gratis. We're, we're really happy to provide um, contests or incentives for the team um, to focus on the brand that you happen to be with and really offer all those resources. And I think it's great. And I think that, you know, sometimes that's just maybe not utilized to the to the full capacity that it could be utilized. Absolutely. That's why there it has to be a focus. There has to be somebody responsible for that work stream of if retail sales are important to an owner or a director or to a property, then somebody has to be focused on it. And that's through education, almost a 360 degree approach where you educate um, the service provider. Um, we're maybe running an incentive for the um, service providers. And then you're also extending that to the guests and everything as well. And so, but somebody has to manage that process and, and continue to coach everybody through it so that they can stay focused 
um, and have fun while we're at it. Yeah, I think people take things sometimes a little too seriously. It's, you know, we're just, we're in spa. I mean, we're not, you know, we're not curing cancer. We are providing relaxation, wellness, inspiration to people to live a healthier life. But it's it's all fun. I mean, how lucky are we that we get to come to work, work in these beautiful environments, you know, work with people that we love, work with brands that we love, and we get to make people feel great all day long. I mean, to me, I always like pinch myself. It's like, I can't believe I get paid to do this. This is crazy, you know, because I I love it. It's like, oh my gosh, what a fun job. What a fun career. And you yourself have had a fun career. Um, And before we, we end today, I'd love for you to share how you got started. Cause I don't know if I even know how you got started all these many years ago in spa. Oh boy. Yeah. So, well, I always knew I was going to be in hospitality and I started, I was born and raised here in Las Vegas um, and uh, went to UNLV in the hospitality program. And then I started working in the hotels as well. And I realized that I was gaining so much hands on um, or on the job skills by working in the hotel. I, I pivoted away from the hospitality industry and then I just fell in love with spa um, it was such a burgeoning industry back in the nineties. And, um, it was, it was like, you could exercise a little bit of an entrepreneurial spirit. It was a high touch environment. Um, the people that are drawn as in terms of service providers and the community of wellness professionals that I found myself around were just like, they were my people, right? They were ex-dancers and performers and wellness professionals, people that cared about their bodies, that understood their bodies and wanted to help others um, and do it in a in a high-level um, service experience. So I have found that this has really been a lifestyle career for me um, through and through. And some days when I, you know, you're having a hard day or whatever, I joke and I'm like, at the end of the day, I go to work in a spa and no matter how bad my day is, it stops and I can start over again the next day. Yeah. (laughs) And there's never a dull moment. So Mm -hmm. that's what kind of keeps it interesting too. You never know (laughs) with the team of, you know, creative people, um, artists, stylists, estheticians, massage therapists, you just never know. Like there's going to be something interesting that happens every single day. Absolutely. (laughs) It's that theatrical background. And (laughs) And then you throw you throw the guests in there too. Oh my God. Well, that could be a whole nother podcast episode for <laughs> sure. Um, but I was going to say, speaking of a theater, you are what is known as the Afgus Meister, which is a sauna Meister. And that just was like, so cool. And <laughs> what, tell us what that is. Afgus, which is German, right? For, it yes. Said. Okay. So I, yeah, I'm all ears. I want to know. Okay. (laughs) Fun stuff. Um, yes. So that's the other thing that I've really loved about spa over the years is there's, there's constantly newness coming at me in different ways that you can biohack your body, that you can do things, um, you know, on the, on the wellness side of things. Um, and I, found myself in um, learning about the uh, Aufguss, which means infusion in German. And it's the infusion of heat from the sauna with aromatherapy. And then there's 
lighting and music that choreographs in these special rooms that are called event saunas. So it's not just a typical um, sauna. It's, it, it is really designed for this experience. And the history of the Aufguss came after World War II, um, after Berlin had been severely bombed. And uh, the sauna culture was really strong in Germany. But people were afraid to come back together in these communities. And so these Aufgussmeisters started, um, you know, in, it, creating these experiences in the sauna. And it started drawing people back in together for the healing that comes um, from the sweat culture of the sauna. Um, it's really pretty fascinating. So let me tell you a little bit about what the experience is like. It's about a 15-minute guided aromatherapy journey that the sauna meister conducts. Um, the guests come in, it's very ceremonial, kind of theater in the round. The The heating element or the sauna stove is is a little bit centered in the room, if you will. And then they, they seat all the guests. They've created these ice balls that are infused with aromatherapy. Those get placed onto the stove. And then the sauna meister, through the choreographed music and lighting, uses their towel to wave the heat and the aroma around the room because the concept is to get as much of a sweat as you can within 15 minutes. This sauna meister helps to move that heat, right? Heat naturally rises. So it would come up above the stove and they push that heat over. Now it's infused with these, this aromatherapy. So you're getting the sensation, your mind is escaped, you're, you're just in a different place and you come out and you feel really refreshed. And then the culture from that as well is a cold shower or a cold plunge. Um, so you're heating yourself up, you're detoxing, and then you're locking in all the goodness with a cold plunge or a cold shower afterwards. Um, and it's just, it's really fun. It's very much a performance art, learning how to wave the towels in their very specialized way. Yeah. And, um, and I've seen, I've seen your videos of you doing it. And now, of course, now in modern day, you know, there's cool lighting and then there's, you know, music. Was there music and special lighting even when this started? Or is this something that's kind of evolved more into modern day spa? That is a great question and a good point. Yes. So there are, there are about three different types of off goose. There's the classic off goose, and that would likely be maybe just some background music. Maybe the sauna doesn't necessarily have a full lighting system for, for the show aspect of it. So the sauna meister can still guide the guests through an aromatherapy with very classic moves. Um, and what makes it classic is the towel waving and the aromatherapy. The music and the lighting become secondary. Now, the next one would be the modern classic version. Modern classic version would then be those classic elements, but now we're taking it up a notch with a little bit of choreographed music and the lighting maybe. Maybe there's some props that are brought in. They start to take you a little bit more of an, a, a journey, an escape. And then the third one is the show element, the Afku show. And there is actually a world championship every year in Europe. Um, there's about 13, 14 countries that come together. They send their best Aufgussmeisters. And that show is no less than a, a Cirque show sometimes, I swear, with the music and the lighting and the storytelling that they do. 
Um, a lot of times these bigger saunas in Europe, um, they can seat 120 to uh, 150 people and they've got screens in there, LCD screens in there. So you can put video content behind and they literally take you on a 15 minute story and they they it's very personal as well so some of them have um you know sh shared stories about their own you know love journey or their health journey or whatever and all while doing the performance art with the towel waving and getting the heat pushed around the room appropriately it's it's really fascinating i had the opportunity to go this year in uh, the netherlands for the off coast championship and it was amazing so fun. Yeah. And seeing your videos, it looked, it looks like, like a dance. It's, it's, I don't know. It's a mix of like, um, modern interpretive dance with a little bit of ballet. Am, am I mm -hmm. hitting that or like, you know, you're waving the towel, but you're also like a dancer. It's almost like, I don't know. It's like yes. a dance is kind of how it I is a little bit of interpretive dance little kind of like a yoga instructor too, because mm -hmm. you're really kind of holding the energy in the room for people and, and you're, um, you're guiding them through it. You're, you're connecting with each individual um, audience member, if you will, and, and really trying to personalize that experience for them through whether it's a dance move or it's the way that you wave the towel. Um, and at a certain point, as you're getting close to the end of that 15 minutes, some people might be getting hot, so you can move cold air from from the lower part of the sauna up to cool them just just enough to get them through to the end. Because the idea is to is to hold that space for those individuals for that full fifteen minutes to capture them, whether it's through your movements, um, your dance form. Now there are people that are not by any means dancers that are off goosemeisters, and they are amazing. Mm -hmm. they're you know the, if you ever tried to put them on a dance floor they probably yeah. <laughs> would stand out <laughs> um well I kind of find that really fascinating so you're you know you're you're the meister you're the host but you're also tending to the people and making sure that everyone is having a magical experience if you will which I think is really unique because I know the few times I've been in a regular sauna you know you think oh I'm gonna stay in here for 10 minutes and you know, you think you're in there for a long time and you've only been in there for like three minutes, <laughs> you know, it's, it's sometimes it's hard to sit there. And I would think that with this, it makes the time go by so fast because it's, it's a show. Exactly. It, it completely transports your mind to another place. So you don't really even recognize that you're sweating anymore and you get to share this with other people as well. Um, and, you know, usually it's a very social experience. You come with a friend and or a group of friends. And oftentimes, um, especially like the later afternoon ones, if they're a really good Sonnemeister and they've got some great music, like some good, fun, classic rock that everybody knows, doesn't matter if you're in Europe or the U.S., that they the audience will clap along. They will feel the energy that you have created in this room and they will have fun with it. I mean, when have you ever thought about, you know, clapping along in a sauna no. experience? Yeah, especially right? with a bunch of strangers. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and then especially when they use their skills with their towels and they're really good and they're throwing them around and everybody gets so excited. It's, it is much like a Cirque performance. Well, 
That is amazing. And how does one become a, a sauna meister? And are there many here in the U.S.? Not too many. Um, this is a new um, a new wellness experience that we're bringing to the U.S. There are only just a few spas here um, right now. So it's really about building a community. And I can tell you how they do it in Europe. There are some uh, off-goose champions that provide classes and trainings. Um, sometimes it's done through the different wellness centers right there in Europe. Um, and they teach their own team how to do that because a lot of these wellness centers that I went to in Europe, they have like nine saunas throughout their complex. So it's, it's not just the off goose show experience, but you can go and you can have a deep, um, you know, immersive journey that they can take you through. So they cultivate that internally. And, um, it's my goal because I've found that this has really been a fun passion is to, to continue to grow the community of Ofgusmeisters here in the U.S. and, and uh, you know, continue to grow the whole program so that we could one day compete um, in the world championship. And do you need a big space to do this? Because I'm trying to think of, you know, people that might want to bring something new and different into their current sauna. Do you need a, a specific layout or can this be really introduced in any size um, sauna space? That is a great question. And um, after my extensive travels in Europe, I realized that, no, you don't have to have the full up sauna. You just have to have the right individual in that sauna space that can that can help to guide those guests um, and enough room to just wave the towels. So the ceiling heights might be a little bit of something to look at and then just enough space so that you're not hitting the guests with the towel. But no, you don't necessarily need to have a formal event sauna to introduce this. It's really uh, about activating an area of the spa that we don't necessarily think is an opportunity to do that, right? So, yeah. Well, did you ever think that you'd be an Aufgussmeister? Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. But I mean, this is the perfect blend where my career has evolved once again. I have a background in dance. I was a cheerleader mm -hmm. at UNLV. And so for me to now be integrating something like this in a spa setting is absolutely so fun. And then my competitive nature is like, let's build a team. Let's go to the, exactly. the international championship. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, well, it has been such a delight to learn about this um, sauna Meister experience. And I know you've gotten to travel to Europe and really, you know, envelop yourself in this whole experience and bring it back to the U S and bring it back to your uh, Las Vegas community. Community. And, and, you know, with all of your tips and tricks, I just really appreciate you sharing how you have tried to motivate your team and, you know, lead them to success. And I just really appreciate you taking time to share some of your knowledge with us. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much, Jennifer. All right. Have a great day. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you would like to continue the conversation, be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and on LinkedIn. If you would like more information on Edgeless Beauty Pro and our brands, please connect with us at edgelessbeautypro.com and get our education and event calendar. Sign up to get connected with one of our account executives to see if our brands are a right fit for your business.